Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston Proper, you are Live from the Path. Two live from the path. We're coming from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. What happened? Nancy giving up. He's just searching the phone. <laughs> I'm looking at the pictures. <laughs> Nothing happened. Are we live now? Yeah, we're ready. Hey, shoot. We're two weeks in a row. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay. We're not going to waste the first few minutes. Here's what we're going to go on the show tonight. I'm going to keep it to my... What, what's, what month is it? My November resolution. No, November. November. No, okay. waste, no waste November. No, yeah, no waste no, November. I like it. Here we, here we go. Uh, stuff going on the show tonight. Uh, first of all, uh, Jake Brand is in the studio. Jake, thanks for stopping in. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Uh, so so uh, Mike and I have, have spent time with Mr. Brand. We were in uh, Ethiopia Yeah. sharing a room. Yeah, it was a deal. Yeah, yeah some, a whole week. Yeah. That sounds smelly. That's awful. There's some I stories. apologize wholeheartedly yeah. for yeah. that. I'm sure he's got gossip. Uh, but anyway, he's going back, and so um, hey, hey, listen here. As you, as you become endeared to him over the life of the broadcast, just think to yourself, I can probably help this man. Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason to you, for you to sit at home and, and have all these good vibes that you have for, for Jake and then just have your money amassing in your wallet to help him go back over to Ethiopia. So if you're interested in that, we're going to come out. There's, there's a couple places we were talking about before the show started on how you can help out, and we didn't nail down the best one yet, but by the end of the show... We'll have something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't just tell a man uh, who's who's cold on the street, be warm, yeah, and filled. Yeah, you got to just up. throw money in the air. That's and hope right. That God <laughs> yeah. sends it there. You <laughs> know what? It's like a fleece kind of deal. You go outside and throw a hundy right in the air, and Jake will come by and swoop it up. God will do, God will do something <laughs> with that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, stuff we're going to cover. So there was a there was an I think this was old. Dan, do you remember how old that that blog post was? Uh, like a couple of years, I think. That's right. right. And I, I swear that I've read it before. There was. Um, there was a blog post a guy about a guy talking about um, Operation uh, Christmas Child. It was like uh, uh, the Samaritan's Purse deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what, Mike? What are you doing? That's just I'm just asking. Okay. What? Uh, what? He's like snapping and looking at stuff on the screen. It's Here's the thing. Usually, out. all the LEDs light up when people talk into the microphones, and they're not doing it. And so oh. I was freaked out. No, yeah, this is right. Okay, I'll this see. Right. It's working. Out we just saw your creepy face behind Ben's creepy face. Hold on, I'm gonna snap again. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so um, and I think the, the the crux of the article was um, the, the what happens last year, 2017. Mark. Okay, so what happens when it gets there? Basically, so like like when 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 I think, hey, we're boxing up stuff for Operation Christmas Child to to send through Samaritan's Purse to get to all these different places in the world. Um, what happens when it gets there? One, I think ultimately, are you really helping? Um, but the second thing was like, would you be surprised to find out that there's a there's a cost that is incurred by the various um, peoples on the other side of that in those countries to actually receive the boxes of stuff that you've been rece- sending out. You know what? I think a lot of this. Well, and we'll, we're going to read parts of the article, right, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, this the, we ha- we talked to the guy from um, Hands for Haiti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, how long ago was that? Maybe last year or something. Yeah, and, year and, and a half, two years, something. Yeah, like and that. and some of the principles that he talked about about how to do some of this stuff right were were really solid, and I think we'll probably have a lot of bearing on how this thing. Goes. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're going to talk about that. Mike has some, uh, or Boova's got some Pope style. I do. For the first time in a very long time, I got the Pope style. It's been a long time. I'm going to edge my seat right now. Yeah, I, some stuff's happened in uh, in my relationship recently. Uh, I got a new girlfriend over the last couple months, and uh, uh, I've been failing, um, and I've been 
uh, kind of uh, blaming some stuff on on just how relationships work, and I, I kind of figured out it, it was. And uh, I, lazy, I had that revelation. Lazy relationship boy? Huh? We're going to call you lazy relationship boy? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably a good idea. So, yeah, oh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and, and what God kind of revealed to me this week. So. Right on. Uh, Mike, I can't remember. Did you have something? I got, I got, uh, I got dear life from the that's path. That's right. That's right. You got some dear life from the path. I also, um, our, our friend Matthew Loftus, um, on mere orthodoxy this week published an article and it said easier for people to be good. 10 thesis on the Bible, poverty and justice. And, uh, you know, like what those, that seems to be the realm of which there's often a rub. And so I thought, you know what, let's, um, let's start talking through these. And so this week, well, maybe we'll do one a week. Uh, unless it's a slow week, and maybe we'll do five. But uh, this week, we'll try to get through one and see if we, hey, does this, does this sniff right? Is this a, the, um, the right way to consider the interactions of the Bible, uh, poverty, and justice uh, on, on these ten theses from, uh, from our, our buddy Matthew Loftus? So we'll go through that. Also, a rousing game of Secular Solomon. Yes. We'll oh, be doing Secular Solomon. I got my Proverbs here. pants on. I've been, I, that's what, I'm, I'm walking through Proverbs. That's, that's what I'm reading at the moment. You I'm wear, very, you wear special pants? Yeah, I put on my Proverbs pants every morning. That's fantastic. Here's what's, what's different about your Proverbs pants? They give me wisdom, Booba. I have fear of the Lord written all over them. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of pants do you wear? <laughs> Apparently not the right ones. That's phenomenal. Actually, I was, I was talking to my daughter um, tonight. Uh, it just turned out is that she was, she was kind of geared up to start reading uh, parts of James. And, um, and she said, you know, there's, there's a lot of parts of the Bible that just don't, they don't strike me. Like, they don't come out at me or anything. And I'm like, I, you know, here's the thing, love. is like I, I, I've experienced this most decidedly when it came to the Proverbs and the Psalms. Like, I read them, and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I feel like I'm supposed to be getting something out of this, and it's just, they just roll blank on me. And then it turns out when I started reading Proverbs this time around, um, I realized that I was asking the wrong question of it. You know, like, I was reading Proverbs and Psalms to try to get something out of it. I was looking to see what the Bible could get out of it for me. And instead of this time, I, I rolled into it going, God, I just want to know you better. And boy, it's just amazing. These things are like fireworks, you know, flying off at me. You know, the Proverbs are making all kinds of sense to me. They're, they're jumping off the page. They're, they're entering my mind throughout the day where like, I mean, I used to write Proverbs on my hand and put it as my cell phone lock screen or whatever. I'm like, I got to remember these Proverbs. These mean something to me. And they would just shake off and not mean anything. Huh. And it, it, it really had to do with, with God discerning your approach to it and, and looking at your heart and going, look, if this is what you really want, um, you know, then, then I will give wisdom. This is what I will do. But if you're not seeking me, you're just seeking to get something from me, uh, then you don't, have what, you don't have fear of the Lord, right? You, you, you're not starting in the right place. So anyway, it was, it was super interesting as you approach your Bible reading. Um, you know, just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, right? Like it's, you're, you're not looking at it as a self-help book to try to be a better person or whatever. You're just trying to get to know God better, and, and, and God will root that out in you. Hey, man, that felt like a mini impromptu Pope-style advice about Proverbs. It, it kind of did. Get I, off my lawn. I wanted to set it up just in case you had crappy Pope-style advice. Well, now I feel like I'm not because you got this whole fear of the Lord pants thing. That, and maybe I'm that not. was kind of a bishop bishop level. Yeah. Because you've, okay. already, you've already got a res- reservation on Pope. Hey, man, I'll step down to bishop. That was some Pope stuff. Ooh, there's a shakeup. No, no, no. It's a mistake. There's not a hierarchy. It's, you're a mistaken Pope. Can you do you get when you leave the when you leave the popery do you get can you do you get demoted to a different position? No, Actually, don't you die? You have only? to die. No, 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 no. No, the one dude, no one Ratzenberger. Dude the, yeah, the other dude stepped down, and like that was actually one of the quandaries. Is like, there's the last guy to step down was hundreds of years ago, and so like they didn't know what to call him, and they got to figure out where he's going to live. Ex pope, what type of things he can wear, like how high a hat he gets. There's got to be, be a room in the Vatican in for the guy. <laughs> Yeah, does he stay around like a like a mother in law or something? <laughs> <laughs> he just, he just, uh, a pope in law. 
<laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly what you call him. You call him the Pope in law, and he gets a room in the left wing. Yeah, because yeah, like he doesn't, he no longer gets direct uh, counsel from God. So one Pope can say one thing, and he can't. I mean, ah, the, yeah, that'd be uh, the Lord disconnected. It's, it's a lie. tricky. I, I can see how it could be a quandary. It's a good thing I don't do the Pope thing. Yeah, no except kidding. here, I feel pope like that's too much weight for me to decide. <laughs> I, I, I say Pope in law. Yeah, I like Pope. He's, he's just the crazy uncle at Christmas. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look at the guy with the hat. <laughs> that's oh, my the head's right taller. Look at the robe. <laughs> All right. up, used to be Pope. So the um, <laughs> the article came from a uh, a blog uh, called uh, Bush Baby Colvin, because motherhood everywhere is an adventure. And uh, this was dated March fourth, two thousand seventeen. Said it was a fairly typical Thursday in our house. My husband went to the uh, pastor's fellowship. The meeting ran late. He got home and scarfed a used-to-be-warm meal and gave me the rundown of news from our region's pastors. Okay, that's un- unimportant information in this blog. Uh, yeah, I don't... I'm but not... I, I feel warm now, though. Okay, good, good. I'm glad everything came up. Uh, it says the boxes came up again, uh, and ultimately they're talking about the um, Operation Christmas Child boxes. said um, they are livid. Uh, there was the group of pastors he's described as uh, mostly gentle shepherds, so they wanted to know more. In a bullet point format, he explained that the Operation Christmas Child boxes had reached the warehouse in Dola and that the Mansa churches needed to come up with the eight quacha per box for 5,000 boxes to receive their shipment. That's four grand. And uh, the reaction, Jeremy, grand. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy said, telling me what I had already calculated. He continued to share the comments from the pastors range from, we don't have this kind of money, to aren't these boxes supposed to be free? So we haven't always been at these gatherings during OCC distribution time, and so we were backpedaling a little bit to make sense of the statement. And ultimately, um, there's, the questions are becoming, like, when, we, when you, one, pack these Operation Christmas Child boxes and you send them over, but what, what I have in my mind is that uh, I, I'm going to ship them, they're going to get to an airport somewhere, they're going to get picked up by some local workers and then distributed to people, kids who need them, right? Yeah, That's what's yeah. in our mind about what's going to happen. Right. Uh, does anybody think something different? No. no, no. How 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 prevalent is Operations Christmas Child? People, a lot oh, of people time. do this. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and you and, and as as a person doing the box, you you also put in nine bucks for shipping. Assuming that means okay, that's shipping it to their hut. It's nine dollars per box. Per box. Okay. All right. That's a lot of boxes in a big old you know freighter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know. So so here was the list of kind of expectations that I think ultimately didn't end up being accurate from their perspective weren't accurate. So expectation one, the seven dollar shipping costs gets the box to the child because you're paying you're paying to get it yeah. shipped. There's yeah, there's shipping nine cost. now. It's gone up. Yep. Since that. So it says this is certainly the most flagrant of unmet expectations. In my initial quest to understand why the churches of Mansa were paying to receive their boxes, I learned from OCC USA directly that the seven dollars only ships the containers of boxes as far as the central warehouse in the country, in our case Dola. It is OCC policy that the national leadership team, volunteers, and all Zambian uh, be responsible for distribution and raising funds to cover in-country transportation costs. Historically in Zambia, this has meant levying a transportation fee or payment amongst the churches in each district. This is against the Zambian churches to whom yeah. the box is ultimately going to end up in. This fee is not optional. This is not a free will offering, and it is announced to the churches that those who do not pay will not receive. OCC policy clearly states that boxes are not to be sold. However, the leadership team's directive to raise funds and their decision to do so by levying a standard transportation fee has effectively translated to a system of selling and buying the boxes. The national team sells and the church buy, churches buy, and that money takes care of the in-country transportation cost as per OCC's plan. Some churches have chosen to absorb the cost on behalf of their congregants. Others have merely fronted the cost and will then resell the boxes to the families themselves. So I would I would agree that it's out outright. Uh, regardless, there, there's probably there's there's justifications for this, and like the um, Operation Christmas Child folks do have a response to some of these things. But at its front, 
that was not my expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my only experience is in Zimbabwe, right? And I'm thinking, okay, it's four thousand U.S. dollars. Right. That's like seven thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, I mean that that that's uh they, the ones the churches I'm familiar with. There, uh, they don't have that kind of money. Right. Well, I, I mean, I mean, you could put this in like fifty different examples, right? You're 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 in the middle of the Midwest and you're completely flooded out. And all these people from around the country send you sandbags, and then they get here yeah. and be like, it's going to be uh, 10 bucks per sandbag for you. Yeah. Like, what? Good luck. I mean, well, what, all the generosity was wasted in transportation costs, right? We're feeding an industry like it was generous to start with. It's like most of these top-heavy companies, right, where, the, where the, the very top of the company and the very bottom of the company agree, right? The, the owner's like, look, you got you got to give honest service, and you got to deliver stuff on time, and I want you to work hard, and I want you to be home with your family, right? And then everybody in the middle screws that up, and the guy at the bottom's like, I just want to do honest service and be home with my family and do a good job, right? And then somehow all in the middle, it gets wasted somewhere. And that's exactly what's going on here. The guy that's making the box, giving the box, and putting seven bucks with it is saying, hey, if, if, if it'll cost me seven bucks to get this to a kid who needs it, great. And then the church is on the other end in Zimbabwe going, I mean, seven bucks is a lot to us, but I mean... Somebody already put all the work into it. We can't let that generosity go to waste. And then in the middle of it is just these guys that are they're taking money into the economy and weren't generous at all. They're just exchanging business. Well, so th- that was part of the clarification was Operation Christmas Child said this is our policy. We do not want to create an unhealthy dependency. So we, we did talk about that a little bit with, with Tim Brand when he was in for, for Many Hands for Haiti. Um, but th- their goal was to say not to disrupt like the Haitian economy. So yeah. like they don't go away and give away shoes – uh, and, and like totally dry up the shoe market when there's a guy whose livelihood is selling shoes in the downtown square in Haiti. Yeah. And so it's like a consideration of um, like they still gave away, but they were just careful about how they did it in such a way that it didn't. And, and they tried to like create jobs in Haiti as opposed to like just bringing and dumping stuff on, on folks. Um, so that was the second expectation that, that the gifts are. So the question about dependency, I think, is a legitimate one. Um, but that hits the second expectation, which which is that the gifts are helpful both in evangelistic outreach and material aid. Um, and let's see. She yeah, says, I, 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 I push back on the dependency thing, though. I mean, this isn't like a, a, a weekly meal. This is a one-time-a-year gift with silly putty and true jump ropes. I mean, I've seen this stuff people put in there. Right. It's not necessity. It, it's it's These kids aren't like, hey, I'm not, I've decided not to do anything with my life. I'm going to live off this silly putty. Yeah. Right. I mean, they can That's live not just a welfare without it. State. It's supposed to be a gift, a little like, hey, look at this, it's fun, from an American point of view. Yeah. Uh, and so in, in many cases, they don't even know what to do with the stuff. Yeah, but actually, this is, comes back to what Boo was talking about before the show started, is being so rich that you give, buy someone a $10,000 cake, right, where they're mm-hmm. thinking, if you'd have just given me the ten grand, yeah, I could have really bought, eaten I off that. I could have put an addition on this hut. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, we could have piped water in. You know, and, and so, like... It doesn't mean that you can't that you don't want to be generous with silly putty and jump rope. Like I'm, I, I get where your heart's at, right? But like, if, if you look at all the money incurred through all of this, wouldn't we have been better off just to send it to a trustworthy dude in mm-hmm. in Zimbabwe and let him do it? So, yeah. So she she gets to that. She's and, and she actually would agree with um, what Dan was saying. Is for the second element, like, is it helpful material aid? Um, she started to wonder just how many people really consider the shipping of these boxes to be an effective form of relief and or development aid. It seems like Christmas presents don't necessarily need to be sustainable. So are our friends packing their boxes full of socks and washcloths and toothbrush and band-aids because they believe they are supplying items that the ch- child actually desperately needs? Like, you're not going to create a dependency on something that isn't a need. And, like, I think we recognize that this stuff isn't necessarily a need. But is that? But th- that's a core question, though, is, like, when we do these types of things... Do we think, hey, we're meeting a need, 
because the question is that it says uh, it may be quite right that a child would not have gotten a new toothbrush without that box, and that makes us all feel so useful on this planet. But if material aid is the expectation, this is not a good stewardship of resources. For the cost of that new American toothbrush, a child in Manson could buy 10 toothbrushes in that market. This pattern holds true for many of these necessity items. And here's uh, some examples. It says, a cost analysis on the boxes as a whole is even more striking. Expenditure certainly varies, but if we guesstimate that the average box, contents plus shipping, is worth 30 bucks, seem about right, um, then we have done a good job of counting the, and have we done a good job of counting the alternative cost? Have we considered what could be done with that money instead? In rural Zambia, $30 can pay for 60,000 liters of potable drinking water, 100 kilograms of maize meal, feeding a family of five for four months, school fees and uniforms for six elementary kids for a year, two breeding goats, six insecticide-treating mosquito nets, 15 gallons of soybeans, and wages for three weeks of farm work. The families are not consulted, of course, meaning no one has ever asked them directly, would you rather have a box of assorted American goods, or would you rather send all your kids to school this year? (laughs) Holy cats. I guess that's sort of what we learned in Ethiopia, like, we brought stickers, soccer balls, all that good stuff, but we didn't spend a bunch of money. Like, you guys raised money with the song, and we gave, what, $300 to that first orphanage, and they said that'd feed them for yeah. two, month, two, three months with the Teff. That's and, right. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> yeah, right. I, it, it's funny how, you know, that's what you think, is, is and, and, and some of it's, you know, for lack of going over there, and some of it's just flat-out American arrogance. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you're like, these kids just need uh, somebody to brighten their day. We'll be the brighten the day police. You know, we show up, we do something fun for the day, and, and like, your heart is definitely in the right place. Don't get me wrong, you're, but you're just thinking about the problem wrong, right? Like, my kids get excited about stickers because they have food. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, they have clothes, <laughs> and they go to school. And so they're like, ooh, a sticker, it's different. Or they're like, ooh, toothbrush, different. Yeah. Ooh, food today, different. You know, and so, like, we, we just we look at the problem weird because it's not our reality. And, and, and some of it doesn't, it doesn't put our heart in the right place. It just puts our mind, we're blind. You know what I'm saying? We try yeah. to solve problems with the way we would solve problems in an affluent, uh, rich country. I guess my perspective from going there the first time compared to the second time is completely different. Like going there, I thought it was all about just like making their day, having, letting them have fun. And now going back, it's like helping them live a better life. Yeah. So I guess like just seeing it opening your eyes and all that good stuff is really good just it softens your heart. It makes you, I guess, see the problem more. Like you were saying, it's problem isn't having fun and blowing bubbles. It's eating food and getting an education. Yeah, and people like bubbles. You know, I mean, it's not like uh-huh. you're totally wrong. But bubbles are kind of cool. You know, but but like, so what was the one of the things that people expect out of it is uh, in the evangelistic component, and like, I just don't see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, of all the things that Jesus told us to do to spread good news about it, it really requires an interaction on somebody's part. You know, and like, like they'll know us the way that we love, and like we feel love, or maybe we perceive that love is filled by stickers and bubbles and mm-hmm. a jump rope, and like I, I just don't know. Maybe if that if that that does mean love to them, then by all means we should continue to do it and attach a guy with it and have them something to say mm-hmm. about it. But like that means love in our perception to them, and most of the time we have them wrong. Yeah. And and what would we think would actually make them feel loved? You know, maybe part of the solution is they need to, to Samaritan's Purse needs to do a better job of educating the gift givers, because we, yeah, we all put it through our own filter. You know, their heart's right. I mean, they're 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 really trying to do the right thing. They just have no clue. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I had no clue till I went there. Like, you hear the stories, blah blah blah. But then you go there, like you're saying, you see it, and you're interacting with people, going, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm I I have no. Idea. Yeah, I had this wrong. You know, <laughs> you know? yeah. My 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 idea of a bad day is I only have 
two and a half meals, you, you know, yeah, rather than like one meal for the week, you know, uh, um, yeah, it's uh, we were talking about this a little bit last week because we had gone to a concert where where they had a whatever the guy is that, but where they try, where they adopt compassion a guy, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. I mean, I know what he's doing, and 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 like I said, I think they're all their hearts in the right place, but like he was he was nailing on this one little boy who who lived in this country, and he's like he. He sleeps on a dirt floor and he lives in this hut. And I'm like, it's 70 degrees because year they round all there. Do. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I hear what you're saying. Like, like, and it sounds heartless when you say it our way. We're mm-hmm. like, yeah, but because I sleep in a bed and I mm-hmm. condition my air. And that's all true. You know, but the truth of the matter is that that kid who definitely needs food and definitely needs an education, but like his hut that he lived in, his grandpa lived there and his grandpa before him because they live on a mountain, you know, 15 miles out of civilization. And they've been doing it for generations and they don't see it as a detriment. We do, because we think that they should be like us. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, you should probably ask them what they need. Not just tell them what they need and then impress it upon them that your lifestyle should be better because mine looks yeah. this way. You know, We live in the Midwest. If you don't condition your air, uh, you're living outside. That, mm-hmm. That's just the truth. Now, now sometimes we look at it and say, it's, uh, like, I like to bring up Las Vegas all the time as the height of human arrogance. That we built this giant city <laughs> in the middle of the desert where we pipe water in from two states away. Trying to keep this thing up and running. Right? That's pretty bold. Uh, but but at the end of the day, you know, we tend to do um, the same thing within within uninhabitable areas. We say, look, we have to make this comfortable for us, right? And and a lot of the world just does not see things that way. There's not an air conditioner in Ethiopia at all. Big high-rise buildings, 20, 20 stories tall. There's not a heater or an air conditioner in the whole building because they just don't do it. You put on a coat if you're cold. You take it off if you're, if you're hot. Yeah, the, the only places where that exists um, in, the, in the capital of Ethiopia are where Chinese businessmen are coming in and, like, paying to do that. But, yeah. like, yeah, the, there's not, like, cultural places where that's happening. As a matter of fact, it made me think about we're sending American toothbrushes over to Zambia. Um, they were selling sticks in Ethiopia. Did you the, try the any of those, Dan? We, our, we, got, we pulled to the side of the road once. The guy goes, watch this. Yeah. Pulled a branch off a tree. This is how we brush our teeth. That's what we. I tried. I was oh, actually kind of impressed by it. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, so, so we're trying to round that that whole point up here. Is what we're trying to say is like we 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 look at the world with our with our lens on, and, and like there's some of these things that I'm just not seeing right, and I probably won't see it right because I don't live there, right? And so what you assume, well, I guess what I assumed is like these people who do um, large world mission type stuff, like they have someone in country that can tell you the deal and say, look, uh, you know, if Pathway wants to do. Uh, Operation Christmas Child this year. Look, you're you're sending to Syria. Here's what the need is in Syria. It's That'd not the great. same as it is in Zimbabwe. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're just different. There's a different culture. There's different things yeah. going on. And it's 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 you know you got to be a little bit more specific than that. Yeah. And he did say in in the the blog there that he only knows that one country. Yeah, yeah. I yep. mean, so maybe it's different in other countries. I mean, that's the only experience. Yeah, but I mean, how could it be? Yeah, I you know, mean, if I mean, if I can't we'll charge sit, you guys, but not you guys. Yeah, the policy, the, the stated policy is just, is the same everywhere. Where there is a cost again yeah. to try to, from their perspective, to, re, to, to keep the dependency. And I, I would agree, though. I like that doesn't one. It doesn't make a ton of sense. I don't. I don't know if they just want to. It's easier to say. I bet. It, did it used to be five? I bet it was super easy to be like, hey, five bucks, and you can get this in somebody's hands. And even at seven or nine, you're less than ten dollars. But the minute you say, hey, look, it's going to be an extra seven bucks per box. Now you're 15 a box, and you're like, eh, well, maybe but, I don't want to send these rubber duckies but for 15 the tr- bucks. That's the yeah. thing. Shouldn't the truth of it force you to do something different anyway? Yes. Like if it turns out to be $16 a box, and we have loaded it up with $3 worth of crap, 
Couldn't we say, should we just pool our money together and find the head of whatever there and say, look, we're just going to send you five grand. We're going to dig you a well. Do great things with <laughs> yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Here's five grand that you can just do generously and show God's love to people. Tell them the story. Tell them where you got it. Say that God loves you. And we just want to bless you with and, and let him decide where that goes. And that's, that's a tough burden on that guy because five grand won't last very long. But boy, howdy, will he spend it better than we would have on mm-hmm. egg shakers and, and, you know, whatever those rubber poppers you put on the table and pop up eventually. Now I have seen I have seen catalogs though um, where I thought felt like they did yeah. this really well and I yeah. think Operation Christmas Child or like Samaritan's Purse certainly does this yeah. where like you can say you know for fifty bucks buys two goats or like whatever the thing is um, and you can go out and you're buying t- kind of tangible things and you get to see w- or what it costs to hire a tutor for the school children for six months or whatever and like but it's in a catalog format and that's Super helpful. Yeah, to but be t- honest. Tell me, we didn't have that wrong though, right? Ben and I were all ge- geeked up. We're gonna like, we're gonna buy people goats. And oh, we're yeah. gonna buy them at the market. So the guy selling them gets the money, and then and then they're sustainable. They can they can feed it and clean up the yard, and then when they need it, they can butcher it. Here's the thing though: poor orphanages don't have a refrigerator. Nobody wanted the goats. Yeah. Nobody wanted them. I thought it was genius. Ben and I are just reveling in our own greatness on how we've come up with these goats. We're like, we're going to buy them goats. It's a great idea. Turns out they have nowhere to store the goats, and so it's completely wasted, something I would not know if I didn't go over there. Yeah, yeah. And so even those catalogs are still a bit iffy. The, the, mo- the neediest people in, in Addis were orphanages filled with three, 400 girls. And they don't have a fridge where to store the goat, so it didn't matter. Uh, I mean, it's not that the catalog only said goats. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Okay. So, so I, and I think the um, here's here's what's interesting. I th- and I feel like we've come to come to this point before. Is that um, this doesn't speak this doesn't speak negatively of our intentions, um, right. but it does speak cautiously of our blindness. Yeah. Like where we have to be careful that um, the way that we want to help is actually helpful. Um, and, and and we can't be satisfied that oh like hey the first thing that I thought of goats or or like hey wouldn't it be super cool if we could bring some joy to their life to send the Christmas box I mean yeah it's still a cool thought it's good thought but like you know if someone really gave you the choice and said thirty bucks for water for six months or for a Christmas present like here's what I do I, you, you're probably more inclined to do both right if I had the if I had that perspective I'd be like you know what I'll send the box plus thirty bucks. Because I want them to play with this thing for six months while drinking fresh water, right? And so um, by trying to solve a small problem and spread a little bit of joy, which got to be real super careful, this is another aspect of the article of like in a poverty culture, um, you do what you can do to get free stuff. And so like if I, 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 sit through a, um, I sit through a vacation spiel to get a free night at a hotel somewhere, they sit through a gospel presentation you would never, and I, I, I can't imagine one person in, in uh, that organization would ever try to make it seem like those two things are tied together. However, it doesn't mean people won't tie them together. Um, hey, God loves you. Here's a gift. Oh, gifts didn't show up this year. What does God think of me? As we hand out donuts and coffee every morning, you go, glad you could make it. Here's donuts. <laughs> These donuts are crappy. We're going to find another place to go. <laughs> anyway, so that's, um, I think that's a, there's a broad caution that says, um, one, like give, um, but two, make sure you're, you're getting what you feel like. like. It's okay to be prudent here. Like just because they say it's for a good cause and it doesn't mean it's not, um, it's okay to make sure you're getting value out of it. Um, because you want to make sure the most out of what God's money's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We run into the same thing with with uh, every Christmas we do. We collect stuff for the homeless people, right? And like, it doesn't matter what you put on the sign to say here's here's what our needs are, like soap, toothbrushes, whatever. People drop off their used crap 
Like it never fails. They need Christmas stockings. Yeah, they to def- put where they definitely need these. <laughs> they need these pants. They need these proffered pants. I don't wear anymore. <laughs> I'll just the give Lord. them to the homeless guy. Like the homeless wants your secondhand proverb pants. But I mean, like the girls at the school will do this every year. We they put a tree out and we say, and there's like an ornament on the tree, and they pick it off and whatever. And and they and, and it never fails. There's boxes and boxes and boxes of like little girls' clothes. Like you know, I hear what you're saying, but like you're basically I'm saving you the drive to Salvation Army because here's the thing: I'll take them to homeless people, and when they don't want them, I got just turn around and donate them. They turn around going somewhere else. You know, yeah. we do our best to source them to where the, the need is the most, but half the time people are just unloading their crap. Yeah. And yeah. that sucks. That's, that's not fun at all because it just leaves me with a bunch of garbage that i got to try to redistribute to the Salvation Army after yeah. we're done. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I mean, something to pray about, look into, consider as you uh, prepare to give this uh, holiday season and beyond. Okay. Uh, I'm not done with this, Ben. What? No, yeah, what's it? That, that article's over. Okay, good. She's got, got me all riled up. I guess you are. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 by the way, if you're also done with this, let us know on the complaint line. <laughs> uh, give us a call or text at 515-517-0085. Now, here's the thing. I love you all. I mean, blessings blessings and peace uh, from, from our, our God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, from the guys that lie from the path. But when I say it's a complaint line, I expect to see some complaints. And I appreciate the kind words that we're getting. Um, but I was, was kind of excited for a few complaints. So, I mean, if you need to make one up just for my tickles, go ahead and do that this week for, for some giggles for old Ben and complain about something in the show. Hey, uh, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, I think they should at least give us nine bucks, too. Yeah, yeah. and nine dollars. Maybe a box and so nine bucks. So your complaint makes it to the person that you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll charge you ten. Yeah, and then we'll sell it to Booba. Wait. Ten bucks. <laughs> I just paid ten bucks to get insulted. For a, for a box of complaints. <laughs> Hey, so I'd, actually, if there were legitimate complaints about me, I think curiosity would kill me, and I would have to pay I'd that. Pay it, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm going to be blatantly honest. Even if I knew it was just from you and Ben. <laughs> what did they say? Yeah, I would probably go, hey, man, there's a legit box <laughs> full of honest complaints about me. I'm a People curious fella. Yeah. Hey, I got to know. <laughs> hey, boss, I don't like the way you say the, the S at the end of your sentences. <laughs> hey, before we leave this, this topic real quick, Jake is actually going back. Uh, to Ethiopia this year, and um, and and Ethiopia and where else? Uganda. Yep, Uganda. Yep, both places. And so, um, actually, the complaint line is the best place. This uh, this is going to be our failsafe. If you are at all interested in, in in helping him or his team go over there, um, I personally have gone with this man. I know I know what his heart is for the people over there. And so, if there if there's anything that you'd like to help out, even monetarily, um, hit us up on the complaint line. Just hit a text there with your information, and, and we'll get in touch with you. That way we can just we can just do it on the up and up. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that number is five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Call or text will work. That's the live from the path complaint line slash Jake Ethiopia line. Yeah. Uh, I guess all I've got to say is just the hearts of those kids are so good, and Jesus is clearly working in that orf in just that country. But one orphanage specifically, Kachene, Mike and Ben are familiar with it. It's just. There's a different type of feel there. Would you agree with that? Like, yeah. There's clearly God working through them, and they're so happy with each other. And it's probably different with us not there. Like, it, they probably get that spiritual high when there's white Americans with money showing them love. But when doesn't that just promote the opposite of what we were just talking about? The white Americans with money show love with cash. We should yeah. have sp- send someone else in. <laughs> Well, I, I guess that's why well, you two goat guys aren't going again. <laughs> Keep your goats. I guess what I was going to move on to was we brought them feminine products. Yeah. And 
there was a huge line of 300 girls and there wasn't 300 products the right. first day. So yeah. We went back. But I guess just though that money, wouldn't I'd, I wouldn't say it wouldn't help us get there, but it would also help us buy needs that are so important for those girls just yeah. in everyday. And there, there is something to be said about what Jake's saying. Like if, like, and and maybe Mrs. I'm not a, a world traveler for missions, right? Like I've been on like one. Right, but like my experience was, is that like if you get the opportunity to go somewhere and serve people, and you could spend your American money in country to get the shop shopkeeper who's trying to do legit business some money, buy all the feminine products or soda or, or teff from that guy instead of shipping it over with you, and then turn around and just give them whatever they need. Maybe they don't need a goat. We were wrong. Maybe they just need teff and barley. Buy them teff and barley. Yeah, I mean, I think we had, it was, that, that was the, one of the, the coolest things to ever be a part of. And this is true. Like, being, being part of, of God's work with, with like a, and having the proper resources is just like a crazy cool thing to be part of. But I think we had 2800 bucks or something. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were loaded. Yeah. <laughs> we had tons of money to, to like, hey, what do you need? done and we bought out like four pharmacies of feminine products and like and, and these massive stacks of 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 of, of grain and taff and, and just stuff that you could deliver and like it was just it's it's so hard because like uh, you see needs around and you're like boy you're patting your pocket and you're like i don't know how to help i don't know if i have the money to do it or whatever and like just to have set ourselves up to be able to just have money and say yes whatever you need yes we'll, we, we'll figure it out um that, that that's that's I don't know I, I can't think of a better experience. It really, it really was super fun, and plus we got to do both, right? You buying the teff and the barley, and then we showed up with two hundred fifty Fanta, and then ten of the girls tried to give the Fanta back. Yep, that, because they were so excited that they'd given Fanta that they wanted to show their appreciation by giving you the Fanta back, and it was you're just going, oh man, <laughs> that's still I got I have two I have two um, friendship bracelets on my arm from two of those girls at that Kitchen orphanage, um, who like, and we had handed out the friendship bracelets. Do them. <laughs> I got two more. There's still more. All right. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's see. Let's do this. Uh, Buva, here's what I heard. Yeah. Let's hear it. Someone told me. Wrongly. That you were the Pope. I heard oh, that, Ben. And I said, look, I know Buva's been out for a while, and I, it's, it's not impossible that he doesn't spend it. Uh, around the world, standing right. on balconies. But I said, "Look, I'm pretty sure he's not the Pope." And they insisted that he was the Pope. Really? Yeah. And so, so I can't do anything about it, Buva. They're they're on the airwaves, and they say, "Look, we want your Pope style advice. We're not leaving. We're not leaving here until you give some sort of advice uh, like the Pope would give." Well, I, it with that setup, it sounds like I kind of have to. Um, so the setup for this is, um, I, I'm in a new relationship. Gal and I have been best friends for about seven years, and uh, we started dating about three months ago. Um, first month was great. Um, it was that kind of whole like new relationship feel. We were always having fun together, going on dates, you know, even driving around. Just uh, you know, just having fun driving around town was 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 a right. The so last month and a half probably has been kind of rough. Um, you know, we get at each other, we fight a lot. You know, even little things make us fight and get mad at each other and. On multiple occasions, we've walked away from each other and just walked out. It's been it's been pretty rough, um, to the point that both of us and this is this is kind of more personal than even I plan on getting, but care about all you and you need to get off my lawn. So, um, you know, we both on our own without telling each other had had conversations with our friends and and colleagues and confidants uh, about breaking up. 
um, and uh, whether or not it was it was worth it to continue the relationship uh, without knowing that the other one had had that conversation. We both had it. Um, and so uh, last Tuesday was um, eight years uh, since I lost my mom. Uh, it was an eight year anniversary of my mother's passing. And it, it was it was a rough day. Obviously, you know, it wasn't like I don't go to that day thinking, oh, man, that today's going to be great. And I'm going to have a lot of fun. And uh, no, I just I, it sucks. And I think about my mom the whole time. Right. And that day got worse because I got a call about a gal who was um, the mother of some of the neighborhood girls in my in my neighborhood when I was very young. Um, she was in hospice and it was going to be possibly her last day. Um, her liver had shut down and uh, her, her kidneys were shutting down. Um, and so she was going to be passing. And so uh, I took the opportunity and I, I went and uh, I spent some time with the girls and with, with her um, and sat there and was praying and uh, had my, had her hand in my hand and we're praying with the girls and just sitting there. Um, uh, the gal that I went to see there with, she was unconscious. She'd been sleeping for a couple of days, kind of incoherent. Her body was shutting down. And so she wasn't really there, but you know, I wanted to pray with her and I wanted to pray with her girls and kind of talk about how rough the situation is. And, it, it just kind of hit me as I'm sitting there, um, you know, in a in an awful place where I'm I'm sad and I'm crying and all this different stuff, and and I I just sat there and I thought to myself that I couldn't stop thinking about my girlfriend and how much I missed her and how much I wish she was with me, and it hit me that like the way that I've been acting, I don't know if she would inherently know that I was missing her in that moment, like I don't know if she would inherently know that I couldn't stop thinking about how much I wanted to be next to her and be by her. And we had talked a little bit that day and, and, and she had kind of revealed some stuff to me about, uh, about some things that I was doing, but I didn't really take it to heart, but it just kind of just hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, how much I've been taking it for granted and, and how much I've been uh, neglecting her uh, thinking that, that what I was giving, which was, you know, half effort in the relationship was enough. And, and, it, and it finally hit me that I'd been failing her. And I was sitting here angry at her about stupid stuff that meant absolutely nothing. And I literally never stopped to think, well, what am I doing wrong? And so I texted her and I said, hey, you know, can we talk? Um, I, I want to bring some stuff to you. And so uh, the next day we, we sat down and we talked together and I told her, I said, here's the deal. I'm always talking and I'm always saying things and I'm always the one who brings stuff. But I never take time to listen. And I'm sorry about that. And I want to sit down and I want to listen to you. I don't want to talk. I don't want to give you rebuttals. And I don't want to give you an argument. I just want to hear what can I do to make this better. And yes, you're not perfect. And I'm sure I could come up with a couple things. But that's not what this is about. This is about me shutting my mouth and listening. And actually listening, not trying to form anything. And so we sat there for, for literally an hour and a half. And she just told me things. And opened up more than I had ever unfortunately let her. Because I'm always talking and I'm always trying to interject what I think and I'm always putting my thoughts into the situation. And so I sat there and I listened to her and it, it, it broke my heart the way that she had brought things up that I'm sitting here thinking that, that I'm doing everything I can and I'm putting in 110% to this relationship and I'm doing everything I can to keep her. And she's sitting here telling me she doesn't even feel like she's my girlfriend because she feels like she, I'm, she's just a best friend that I call every once in a while because I don't actually involve her in things. And I don't tell her about my day and I don't tell her what I'm doing. She just finds out. And it, it floored me because I was sitting there thinking, oh, she's going to have a couple things. But no, she had a whole, whole list. And 
here's where my Pope style comes in is, first and foremost, fellas, if you're a talker like me, take some time to do that. Shut yourself up. Don't sit there and try and come up with a rebuttal to everything she says about what's, what's wrong or what you're doing. It's not about defending yourself. It's about fixing the situation. And I think that was one of the best things I've ever done in a relationship because I'm, I really like to argue and I really like to defend myself. And I just stopped myself. And I didn't even apologize to her because I said, if I apologize, all it's going to do is it's going to turn into me defending myself again. And I don't want to do that. This is not about me telling you uh, why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. This is about me listening to your heart and listening about what's wrong and fixing it. So that was my first start. But the second piece is this. I have been in, in a few very serious relationships in my life. Not very many. And I've had plenty of girlfriends that lasted a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but never anything that really felt like it was. And I've always said that I wanted to have a relationship that was God centered. Right. And we all say that we all say that we want a relationship that has God at the center and things like that. But I've been treating that statement like I treat a lot of my faith and my faith sometimes. And I think this goes for a lot of us goes in that roller coaster, right? Where you feel the spiritual highs and you feel the spiritual lows and things like that. And I've been on that roller coaster for a very long time. And I'm tired of being on it. And I'm tired of going on the ups and downs. I want to find myself in a place like we always say with Enoch, you know, just walking. It's not about, you know, climbing mountains and being in valleys. It's about just walking and, and, and being there for the steady. And so we, we had this. Long conversation. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm, I'm raw, I'm laid out, I just feel horrible. I want to apologize to her and I want to fix it, but I knew that that wasn't the moment to fix it. And I decided that I wasn't going to do anything but pray. And for the first time, I sincerely held one of God's daughter's hands and prayed to him about her. And it was weird. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm holding her hand, talking to him about her. And it, it's, it's odd and it's awkward at first, but I sat there and I apologized to him for what I'd been doing to her. And I sat there and thought to myself, like, this is, this is your daughter. This is your daughter that I'm holding hands with. And I've been treating her this way. And I've been making her feel this way. And I call myself your son. And I tell her I love her on a daily basis. And I'm doing all this stuff. And... My Pope style is in that. If you're in that place where you're in a relationship with someone and, and, and you want to do that God-centered relationship thing, it's not about just going to him when things suck. And it's not just about thanking him when things are amazing. It's about walking and actually taking steps to daily be with him, centered around him, with your partner, with the person you're with. And I got scared last week by you guys. Uh, because we talked about marriage a little bit <laughs> and I heard about the whole, you know, it, it's, it's not so much the, 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 the love goody feelings and stuff like that. It's being with someone for a long time and dealing with the things are going to suck. Things are going to be awful. You don't want to be around that person sometimes, but what it means is you're with them and you're with them for everything and you stick around for everything. And I think that was the first glimpse I got of man, this sucks. But I don't just want to fix it when, or I don't want to fix it when it's awful, and I don't just want to be there when it's good. I honestly want to be in a relationship that I want to be here forever, and I got to figure out how to do that. And then more importantly, I want God at the center of this. We've got to figure out how to do that too. And if it starts with an awkward prayer after a fight, or after me finally coming clean about what I was doing or what I wasn't doing, great. But I can tell you, in the last week, after just one time talking to God about her, 
it has been the best relationship I've ever been in. 100%. We both feel like we're putting our part in. We both feel like we're caring about each other. We're constantly talking. We're constantly thinking about each other. We went to church on Sunday morning and just worshiped God together. And it was a, just no arguments, no fights, no nick, just jabbing at each other, being upset. It was literally just good, amazing, fun time together. And we haven't had that since the beginning. And my Pope style advice summed up is this. If you're in a relationship with someone and you really want to do that whole, I want God centered, it's, it's just like walking with faith. And it's just like Enoch. It's the daily. It's not just being there at the mountains and it's not just being there at the valleys. It's just every day refocusing yourself on who he is and what that means for who you and, and, that, and your, your partner are. And it's being focused on him so that you could both grow together as followers in Christ and then fall in love with each other in the process. Get off the lawn. Get off my lawn. Get off the lawn. Man, I, don't, I don't have anything to add. Nicely done, Bubba. I guess just comparing that to my life, if you, a lot of people obviously don't know me, but I'm a senior in high school, so I've grown up through the youth group, and I tend to go on this week-long camp, spiritual high, for a week, two weeks, runs out, you have a gradual decline, and then you get back, and then it's just the same repeating cycle. And that's what it's been like for, for me since sixth grade. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then in February, I, I think Mike and Ben might know this, but I had one of my best friends, he uh, committed suicide. It was just, bam. That's when God says a storm is going to hit, and it hits, you're like, wow. So running through that was just kind of weird. I looked to God, but not necessarily in the right way. And then over the summer, I went to Ethiopia, and I went to two camps. So that was like a spiritual high for like a month or two. And then I got, to, got through the school year, and it's just gone. Just sunk all the way. And I actually had a couple friends that I'd talk with daily, weekly, about God kind of call me out like, dude, you're not giving your entire life to Jesus, and that's what you've got to do. And I've realized that over the past month, that if you're filling yourself up with Jesus, that's what you're going to pour out, and that's how you're going to feel. And I actually went to a retreat this past weekend up at Hidden Acres, and it was like the first time I went into a retreat feeling like I know who Jesus is and what he does. And I got the chance to lead my small group with confidence for like the first time ever. And like that's all thanks to just giving time to Jesus and wanting to know Jesus and not doing a Bible plan because... Someone will get a notification on the Bible app like, oh, good, he's reading the Bible. You read the Bible because you want you, you right. want to yep. feel the love of Jesus yeah, and what he's doing. I guess that's whatever my Pope thing is. is <laughs> <laughs> I dig on it, man. <laughs> fill yourself up with Jesus. I'm now the Pope that's in what law. You'll, that's what you'll Pope pour out. been regulated to the Pope in law. I'm cool with it. As long as I get a spot at the Vatican. I, you know what? I, I couldn't agree with you fellas more. Like If there's been any changes that have been noticeable and positive in my life, it's been it's been consistent, obedient, reading and spending time praying. Like, and it sounds so terrible when you bring it up to people on the offset. You're like, every day, but I don't want to. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what do I got to get up early? What am I supposed to sit in my living room by myself with my hands all out or whatever praying? <laughs> sounds terrible. You know what I'm saying? And, and like, I thought the same thing for years. I know Jesus my whole life, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. It sounds stupid. These are all religious practices that aren't necessary in the following Jesus. That's a lie. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are totally. They're religious practices for a reason. 
because that's how you get to know people. I know my wife because I talk to her every day and spend time with her and ask her how things are going and then ask her how her life is happening and all that. And like, I didn't do the same with God. I'd check in and check out like it was a job. And then, and you wonder why you don't like that job because that you didn't give that job a chance. You weren't even trying. So like, I, there couldn't be more solid advice, fellas. It's solid. Yeah, it's interesting how much of a surprise it is, uh, perhaps, to find out that like, you, you get the full experience of following and being with Jesus when you actually spend time following and being with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> like what? What? That's that's how it works. What's hey? this wizardry? <laughs> I think it's kind of kind of the kind of like the the, the whole twelve step pro, twelve step programs out there that. Y- you get overwhelmed thinking about, hey, the, my ultimate goal is to be this great spiritual giant or whatever, or you know, thinking about too far ahead or too far back. You're just, you're just today. Today, it's all I got to worry yeah. about. You know, today I'm going to read my Bible. Today, I'm going to connect with God. <laughs> yeah. Today, today I'll be obedient. That example is funny though, because like, I like to think of following Christ like being an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm addicted to you, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm addicted to you, Jesus. I mean, it's that that. Element of the twelve step thing is, right. is the, the one day at a time thing, or I don't know. How to right. say Dan, it, but, do uh, me a favor. I need you to make me a rap music video called <laughs> "I'm Addicted to You, Jesus," and I want you to be as old, white, honky as you possibly can. I'm and so you will go. Jesus. Ex- yeah, that will explode you are on in the my heart. I am certain. Of <laughs> oh man! Yep, okay, this now is, definitely this is 100% <laughs> one hundred percent. I will not be a part. <laughs> oh man! Is that white man enough? That, this yes, this and that vest makes it even better. <laughs> but the comedic value alone oh, is man. worth its production. This is how we're going to get some action on the complaint line. I was going to say, that's got to be a bonus on the next live from the past Christmas album. Is I'm Addicted to You, Jesus, by MC Dan. That's true. The, the first one sold so well. I don't have yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I will gain. I say we double it. Remember, you got to pay for $7 for it to ship to your that's place right. and then another 9 for it to get shipped to the proper location. That's hey, right. we could put it out on vinyl and the hipsters buy it right up. Oh, I, yeah, yep, that's happening. Yeah, sm- small batch white man Christmas hip-hop from Life in the Past. <laughs> we, we need to somehow... Small batch? Yes. <laughs> and you throw work. small batch on anything. Hipsters and, and vegans and everybody's like, oh, I want it. <laughs> Just wait, that means somehow. it wasn't made by the big conglomerates? Oh, wait, yes, it was. <laughs> we get people to put it in their Christmas boxes. We'll sell them mint. <laughs> hey, quick sidebar. Did you know that Pabst Blue Ribbon PBR is, is brewed... Packaged and 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 made completely in a Miller facility. That does not surprise me. So they've had bit. like this sixty-year agreement. It's always been this way, and 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 now Miller Lite goes because the 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 alcohol uh, market is shrinking because of all the craft beers. Like the big conglomerates are are, are losing a lot of sales, yeah. and now they don't want to do it anymore. They don't want to package PBR. PBR does not have a factory of any kind. They're just label. And and the only other beer the only other beer distributor that could actually fill this order is Anheuser Busch and they go, No, we don't do that. We don't do contract beer fills. Right? And so like PBR is looking at going out of existence. It's looking to disappear in the next three to four years. What are the hipsters gonna do? Is That's the, what exactly what the article was about is the hipsters lose PBR. <laughs> they'll have nowhere to drink. They'll, they'll lose PBR and that what's next? Spam? That's yeah. gonna be awful. <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. And now oh, totally. for America's fastest growing game oh, show. Man. It's time. Secular or Solomon? That's right. Uh, Completely unbeknownst to you, you've stumbled on America's fastest growing internet game show, Secular vs. Solomon. 
Mike, you got your proverb pants on? Oh, where's my, I should have brought my scorecard. I'll have to just wing it. <laughs> okay. So, as a reminder, here's, here's, the, here's the, the gist of the deal, okay? Uh, there's all kinds of wisdom out there, wisdom in quotations. All right, do we know where our wisdom's coming from? If you hear someone say a, a, a slick phrase, do you say, hey, that's, that's Bible, I'm going to change my ways about it? Or do you, can we properly identify, no, that's, that's Ben Franklin or some guy at a bar, and so maybe I'm not going to change my ways about it. Yeah. Okay, so do we know where our wisdom is coming from? So the, the, the game is going to be this. I'm going to provide you a proverb, a bit of wisdom, okay? And your job is to tell me whether it's a secular bit of wisdom or whether it's uh, from the world or whether it's Solomon. Uh, and actually, these are all legitimately from Solomon. They're, they're biblical bits of wisdom, Okay. And uh, if it is a secular bit of wisdom, we want to we want to find out where this nefariousness is coming from. And so you're going to tell me country of origin. That's the goal. Everybody, Epcot Center is still not a country, Dan. No. Now uh, listen here. Listen it here. It covers we, them all. We seem to have trouble following the rules. These are countries. <laughs> countries. <laughs> Jake being closest to legitimate geography classes, I expect him to nail this. Oh, I, it, gets, it gets worse the farther out from geography class you go. It's been sophomore <laughs> years. It's been sophomore since I've looked at a map. This is going to be rough. This is going to be rough times. All right, yeah, ready? Me too. Here we go. Let's stop Dan, any. All right, secular or Solomon, starting with Buva. Stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Secular or Solomon? That's straight Solomon. Buva says it's Solomon. Jake? Solomon. Solomon. Dan? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go secular, even though it just screams Solomon. I think, I think you're tricking us. Uh, boy, that has nothing to do with the PBR stuff. Secular right? Epcot Center. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> uh, I can't think of a country. I'm, I'm, I'm completely blank. No where country is, in the world. Not a single one, Dan. <laughs> I mean, where, I'm thinking, thinking of water. Zimbabwe, street, water. Ethiopia. I'm going to say about. Zimbabwe. They say. have the... the uh, Victoria Falls there, the water is pretty special. Okay, yeah. Okay, stolen. <laughs> On the border to, with Zambia. Stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Mike, Secular Solomon. I'm going go, to go with Solomon with an asterisk. What do you mean? I'll, I'll explain later. I reject the asterisk. You're going <laughs> full Solomon. Solomon dash asterisk. All right, so stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Uh, the answer is Solomon, Proverbs nine seventeen. Yeah, any 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 of the, the the reason I put the asterisk in there is because the Solomon Proverbs don't start till chapter ten. Anything prior to chapter ten was uh, not directly attributed to Solomon. What? Yeah, that's true. I did not know that. All right, fine. <laughs> They're from Proverbs. Then. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Secular or Solomon? Uh, whoever winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will come to ruin. Whoever winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will come to ruin. Secular or Solomon? Jake? Ooh, I'm going to go secular and Canada. Secular Canada? Oh, yeah. Bunch of eye winkers in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Damn border. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll go Solomon on this one. Solomon, Mike. Uh, Solomon. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Tides are turning. Booba. Solomon. Oh, Jake's uh -oh. on a Lone Island. Uh -oh. <laughs> Lone Island with a, with a whiskey Canadian. Whoever winks the eye... Causes trouble. This is causing me a problem because I copied this from the wrong place on the online, and it's got like a footnote in it that's a T, okay. and so it actually reads whoever twinks the eye causes trouble. <laughs> Pretty sure that's not right. And a babbling fool will come to ruin. It is indeed Solomon. Proverbs ten. Yeah. Proverbs ten ten. Without asterisk. <laughs> no asterisk. No asterisk. <laughs> Full on Solomon. All right. Secular or Solomon? No matter how hard you try, the bull will never give milk. No matter how hard you try, the bull will never give milk. Secular or Solomon Dan? Oh man! I'm, I'm, Good luck, Dan. 
pretty confident that would be secular, and that that is that is. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go Mexico. There's confusion in Mexico. Did you say South America. And they I mean, Mexico. The, su- the southern. I mean, Mexico is North America, Dan. Well, I'm thinking south of us. <laughs> south, you know what I'm south North America. America doesn't count till us. <laughs> oh, sweet Moses. Dan still treats Texas as a Mexican property. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to the Alamo. Remember the Alamo? <laughs> yeah, uh, Mike. That's secular America's beard. <laughs> Secular Solomon Mike. I'm going to go with uh, Secular and uh, um, Spain. Spain. Oh! That was, that was mine, too. That was totally mine. Spain ain't the only country with bulls. Fine. <laughs> uh, secular uh, Paraguay. Secular and France. Yeah. All right. We, France we, is known for his bulls. Finally blew up a bucket of cliches here. <laughs> no matter how hard you try, the bull will never give milk. It is a problem in secular Ukraine. Oh, oh Ukraine. Ukraine. You did they, not see that coming. They, no. no. Get, Ukrainians get, have bulls? Yeah. I mean, very irritated bulls. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no milk. Why? <laughs> they're, they're not happy. They're a little sensitive. Apparently, they came up with this proverb because of the actions of someone. <laughs> And the bull is on the wrong end. Sorry, it was Brian. No. <laughs> yeah, Brian. Some Brian guy did it. A Brian guy in Ukraine. <laughs> yep. There's a, lot, there's a lot of Brians in Ukraine. Didn't you know that? His name is Vic Roy. A lot of un- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Secular or Solomon, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps the thing covered. Ooh. Whoever goes about Ooh. slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps the thing covered. Secular or Solomon, Mike? Solomon. Solomon, Bova. Solomon. Uh oh. Jake. Solomon. Solomon. Dan. That, that, that's pretty wordy. I'm going Solomon. Dan says it's, it's <laughs> verbose. <laughs> Only a rich man with lots of wives would be so <laughs> lengthy in his proverbs. I need another one. <laughs> it is indeed. The editor is on my case. <laughs> Solomon. Proverbs 11. Yeah. Uh, Did you right. just go 9, 10, 11, 12, 13? Here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> when I'm pressed for time, here's, here's what may or may not have happened. I might have got here at, say, 9.10. Show starts at 10 hey, o'clock. don't you stay what I think you're about to say. I get stuff all riled up. I'm getting ready, making some progress, getting some tunes rolling, putting a hat on, all this kind of jazz. Then some dude. Boofa shows up at 9, 9.30, 9.32, and, and, I mean, is chatting like a caffeined-up hen for 20 minutes. <laughs> I just went and saw the Grinch movie with my lady, and it was boring. I'm sorry. Let's just say I've heard this Pope style advice twice. So, in either You're case, welcome. In either case, it gets about 9.56 or so, and the show is supposed to fire up, and I need a bunch of Solomons. And so I'm just clicking through chapters. Hey, man, next time be wise and say, hey, Booba, I'm trying to do something. Can you give me like 10 minutes? Here's the deal. I sympathize with your lady friend. It's tough to get you to stop talking. Agree. <laughs> hey, there's a reason I, yes, I said it. No worries. Okay, here we go. Secular or Solomon. Uh, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and a hatred with it. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. Secular or Solomon, Booba? Secular, Romania. Secular, <laughs> put your angry ox eating going in Romania. Jake? Uh, secular, and I'm going to go with Portugal. Uh, a free proverb of the day where you vote with Buva every time, there's nothing but trouble. <laughs> Jake is in with Russian. Portugal. <laughs> uh, Dan Hudson. I'm going to say Proverbs 12. Proverbs 12. Mike. <laughs> Proverbs. Mike's in with Proverbs. What, was, Buva, what, what, what Proverbs do you think it is? I don't think it's a proverb. I said secular. Oh, you were laughing at the Proverbs. I yes. said Solomon. Okay. All right. Here we go. Better is a dinner. Of herbs where love is, and I mean, that's not much, right? Like, we're not talking, that's not a Hebrew word for veggies. They really mean, like, yeah, just seasonings. Mustard yeah. seeds. Oregano. Yeah. <laughs> you eating a rock. 
and Ooh. licking off the love the person. <laughs> as long as there's love and oregano rather than a fattened ox and hate. Uh, that is indeed Solomon. That's Solomon. Proverbs 15. Ah. Almost had the numbers game down, man. man. <laughs> I can't remember where we left off. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. Secular or Solomon. Do not mistake a goat's beard for a fine stallion's tail. Do not mistake a goat's beard for a fine stallion's tail. Secular or Solomon. Jake Brennan. I'm gonna go secular and where's Rocky from? What 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 is Did that? Queen Balboa? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that is that an Italian accent? Yes. Yeah yeah <laughs> yes. yeah. Italy Italy. He he's from Philadelphia. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Well, it's because the stallion part, not yeah. the goat's beard. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm like I don't know what version of Rocky you've seen, but it had nothing to do with the goat's beard. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> okay, uh, Dan, do not mistake a goat's beard for a fine stallion's tail. Secular Solomon. It's for Kuwait. Secular. Secular <laughs> Kuwait. I, it's, I'm dead spot on. I can't even wager a guess. I'm going to go with secular, and, and I really, I can't. I'm going to go with uh, Latvia. I mean, you're allowed to vote Kuwait as well. No, I can't. If I, if I get in league with Dan, his ego gets too it's high. Like, <laughs> it's like ordering the same dinner together. At, 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 you can't go to a restaurant and order chicken fingers at the same time. No. It's not all right. Yeah, oh. I'll have chicken fingers. I'll have the same. Loser. Yeah. <laughs> you unoriginal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh, so Dan was Kuwait. Uh, Jake was in Italy. Uh, Mike, you were what? Latvia. Lat- no doubt. All right, uh, Buva. Secular Saudi Arabia. Secular Saudi Arabia. Do not mistake a goat's beard for a fine stallion's tail. It is a problem where there is a free-flowing Guinness in Ireland. Oh. It's an I- Irish problem. Shucks. Goats? I got the, to I got grab the, the face of yeah. a goat and think this might be a horse's behind. Jake would like to submit that he got the letter I correct. <laughs> <laughs> but not Rocky Balboa. But not Rocky Balboa. <laughs> the, the, the Irish Rocky, also known as Conor McGregor. <laughs> I mean, I accept that. Well, actually, Mike's the points, man. He's going to have to. No, negative five, Jake. Sorry. Oh, but it's <laughs> Tough days. <laughs> I think I've won at like negative 9,000 before. You're yeah. doing all right. All right, everyone's won today. <laughs> Secular or Solomon, a rich man's wealth is his strong city, and like a high wall in his, his ma- in his imagination. A rich man's wealth is his strong city, and like a high wall in his imagination. Secular or Solomon? Uh, Dan. Yeah, I'm going to go Solomon. Solomon, Mike. I really want to say Solomon because I feel like he was afraid of high walls. I can't think of anybody else that would be, he except follows- for the Chinese. That's a secular Chinese man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, move on. Solomon Proverbs 4. Mike? I feel like Ben laid out exactly how he got these Proverbs. And you yeah, but then he right. jumped from 11 to 15, so, so he's throwing me about off. 19 I, I may, I'm reading them in different order. Ooh. I don't just write them down and take them that, straight from the list. I've been outflanked by Ben. <laughs> so and I think them. that's wrong because Proverbs 4, I'm sure, pretty sure he's still like stating the case for why wisdom is a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, Jake, Proverbs 14. Jake, a rich man's Proverbs wealth. Proverbs 16. Is this, okay, you're... <laughs> not wait, it's, it's, he's in. He's uh-huh. in a rich... All the way. <laughs> a rich man's wealth is his strong city, and like a high wall in his imagination. That is indeed Solomon. Proverbs 18. Oh. Definitely not Chinese, though. <laughs> yeah, well, no. Certainly not Chinese. All right, here we go. Secular or Solomon. Uh, just a few more to go. To take revenge on an enemy, give him an, give him an, give him an elephant. First, he must thank you for the gift, and then the elephant's appetite will deplete your enemy's resources. <laughs> that was very, awesome. very specific. Uh, I love that one. Secular <laughs> Hannibal? Uh, Mike. <laughs> Carthaginian. Secular India. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
Booba. Secular Carthage. <laughs> Secular Madagascar. Yeah. These are uh, all good guesses. Hold on. Booba, I, re- I reject Carthage. No, you can't. I did. It has to, it's a current country. I, I filtered them out. Why does it have to be a current country? Because it does. I'm trying to help you out here. Fine. Secular Egypt. Yeah. Good one, Booba. Exactly the same place. <laughs> Dan. I'm going to go a secular. This is the Republic of the Conga. The Congo? Congo? The, the drum. The drum. <laughs> Republic of the Bongos. Uh, did I say Congo? Yeah. Congo. <laughs> Democratic or oh, Republic? Democratic Republic of the Congos. Oh, yeah. It's a small city in Florida. <laughs> the United States of the Wiro. There's a lot of merengue happening down there. I keep okay. doing that. Right. Oh. I keep doing that. It's we, been more than we one We have time. a gal who's a refugee from the Congo. Oh, I, keep calling, I keep trying to say Congo. Yeah. <laughs> I know things in Congo. <laughs> Are you from the Congo? Do you do Always. a lot of lines there? <laughs> Everybody's oh. always standing in lines. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Dan never fails me. Never. <laughs> the Democratic Republic of the Congo. I mean... If, if it's not if it's not a, a blatant harassment of a country, or, or or like like a complete stereotype, I just I, I didn't see it coming. That he's gonna, oh, never fails. Dan. I have more interaction with Congress. You know, there's at least five dance troops named that somewhere in this country. All right, here we go. To take, to take revenge on an enemy, given an elephant. First, he must thank you for the gift. And then the elephant's appetite will deplete your enemy's resources. Do never, never accept an elephant if you live in Nepal. Oh. <laughs> Secular Nepal. Super suspicious. Uh. Oh, Nepal. man. Oh, oh, hold on. Phenomenal. Thank you for that, Dan. Uh. Here we go. Secular Solomon. Um, do not confine your children to your own learning, for they were born in another time. Do not confine your children to your own learning, for they were born in another time. Secular Solomon. Booba. Ooh, uh, secular Norway. Secular Norway, Jake. I'm gonna go Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13. Dan Hudson. I'm going. I'm going secular. I'm trying to figure out time traveler. Uh, terrifying way to say that. What? I'm, I'm going trying. secular. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure out time travel. I'm worn out from COVID. Born in the time. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with. Uh, oh, I'm completely blank. I'm gonna go. Time stands still in Antarctica. We're going to go there. So. And, uh, I, I'm going I'm to accept. Yeah. I'm going to accept this color. You have to after Democratic <laughs> Republic of the Congas. Uh, Mike. Uh, secular Chile. Secular Chile. Snare drums. Do not confine your children to your own learning, for they were born in another time. It is indeed secular China. Oh, dang. China. The big walls. The Wisdom. big walls. That's right. China is actually very similar to Norway. I've often heard that, yeah. 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 Our right. sister countries. Here we go. Final one. This is for all the... Well, actually, again, I don't do the score. I don't get to say things like that. Here we go. Uh, Jake, Jake's going to lead the way here. Don't bargain for fish which are still in the water. Don't bargain for fish which are still in the water, secular or Solomon. Ooh. I'm going to go Solomon. He's in for Solomon. Dan Hudson. Going, I'm going secular fish still in the water. Don't bargain for fish. Um... Boy, these are tough ones for me today. Um, I'm going to go off the uh, coast. Where am I going to? Let's just we go don't sp- know, Dan. There, I don't need, I'm just, there are no done. consequences to a wrong <laughs> answer, Dan. It's too difficult. We're going, we're going to Switzerland. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Swiss and all of their fish. Fish and cheese. 
Uh, Mike, don't bargain for fish which are still in the water. Hey, have you ever seen an, an Israeli proverb? You know what I'm saying? Do they come up yeah, with their own? I think it's called Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Solomon. That's what I'm saying. Do they bank on only the words of Solomon or is there like other wise people in Israel? So all the Israel, is, the people in Israel are sitting there saying, we can't say cool stuff. Solomon's yeah. got no a corner on that market. Here. We've already had one. Uh, okay. I'm a, yeah, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go secular Israeli. Secular nice. Israeli. Uh, I'm going to go secular Argentina. Don't bargain for fish which are still in the water. It is indeed secular India. Yeah. Also very similar to Argentina. Obviously. Mike, what are the damages? Uh, so final tally was Buva had uh, positive three points. Oh, his best showing in five years. Uh, Jake had a total of 75. Dan was in the tank at negative four. And uh, I-, I came in at a paltry 30. So it looks like Jake was the winner. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't remember getting one right. Yeah. Nicely done, Jake. Accept the points. <laughs> yeah. These points don't mean anything. What, what and do I win? Completely based a wise on man Mike's opinion of you. the points. You, you get glory. That's it. Proverbs 19. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the point scheme is not determinable. Uh, it's just whatever occurs to Mike at the time. Yeah, it's the currency of which we trade. It's astonishing. That's the first time I've come out positive. Yeah. All right. Anyway, congratulations. Hey, if you're interested in hearing more... Uh, uh, secular versus Solomon, you can go to the website, go to lifeinthepath.org, and just do a search for Secular versus Solomon, or just Secular or Solomon, either one is going to help you out. And uh, we've got clips from some of the guests that have been on the show and run through the, the mills to, can we know where our wisdom comes from? And uh, here's, here's how you cheat, and cheating is the right way to win, is um, just start reading through the Proverbs. That way you can be awesome at this game and take in the Lord's Word. It's a two for one. Yeah, it is. You ready? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Dear Life from the Path. Our nine-year-old son makes perfect grades in school. His friends all have cell phones, and I believe he should get one also. My husband disagrees and thinks he should be a teenager first and learn more responsibility. With time changing so quickly and kids getting phones at six and seven years old, am I wrong or is my husband old-fashioned in his approach? What? How old was he again? Nine. nine. Yeah, kid, boy's nine. And the mom thinks he should have one. Yeah. And, the, uh... and thinks that his grades have anything to do with it. No. Yeah. I'm with the dad. The father's pretty smart. I agree with the dad. Yeah. Here's the thing. So my kids have my old cell phones, right? They work on the Wi-Fi or whatever, and they can watch Netflix on them or something every once in a while. They text uh, people in their family. Um, but, like, I, they lose more of the $50, $75 Apple headphones. I mean, just like it's going out of style, they lose them. Can't find them, lo- you know, tear them up, whatever. They've gone through, like, five of them. And I keep getting free ones, random places, and, and then, like a fool, I hand them back out like candy. And, and the truth of the matter is they have no reason to have a cell phone at all. Right? It's merely as a gift from me to them. There's no practical reason for them to have them. The fact that their friends have them make no difference to me at all. It really is just, just kind of a, a fun thing for them to have. And so like, there's no necessity for them to have it at all. But like an active cell, whatever, ability to call and surf internet however you want, no, no. I'm, I'm 36. I shouldn't have that freedom. It's nothing but a trap. It's a trap, man. It's a trap. Yeah. By the way, you saying the words, I keep finding them in free places. Yeah. Sounds like you're stealing headphones. Uh, (laughs) That's exactly what that sounds like. If someone was stealing headphones a lot, they'd probably say, I keep finding them in free places. (laughs) It's in my pocket. I don't know how I got there. That Richmond Gordon was going out of business, (laughs) and they keep poor inventory. I checked the price tag. It said free 50. Now, there's people that get phones that don't ever use headphones. You know, like they're still in the original packaging. I'm like, we can do them headphones. I get it. I'm just saying it sounds like you're you're thieving some headphones all around town. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm with the dad. I, I I don't even know if there's an exact age. Like I think it has to do with your kid and out of necessity, right? Like if they're but if they're 14 and they're they're at uh, practice early in the morning, practice late at night, and they need a ride or whatever, 
then yeah, I mean, they probably need a cell phone. Um, That's when ours got them, is when they were waiting for us or we right. were waiting for them. I thought, let's just get them a phone and we can communicate. I got a cell phone when I became mobile. Like, when I was able to leave without them, basically. And I mean, not just school. Like, I could hop in a car and go. Yeah. But I didn't really have, like, a legit cell phone until I was 14, 15 years old. I, I, the standing rule with my kids, like I said, they have my hand-me-down old phones uh, to use at home or whatever. And, and they, they want phones. And I said, you can have one when you buy one. Yeah. And that's pretty much my, like, they'll be on, still be on my, my plan or whatever, but, like, they're going to pay for the phone. Right. It's not my phone. I'm not using it. So, like, if they want a phone, apart from what they absolutely need, and if it's just something they want, then they can buy one. I think middle school is the line where I think it becomes, like, a need for most people. Because the difference between fifth and sixth grade is incredible. The freedom people get, like, actual sports practices that are organized by the school instead of by parents and coaches. I think I think that's where I got mine at the end of fifth grade and then as I got more siblings, my brother got one in like second grade, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how it works. But I think I think the summer of fifth to sixth grade is a pretty safe time where See and I, I would give my kids a flip phone. Yeah, I got a flip phone. Yeah. I got my first smartphone I think eighth grade. Yeah, so I'd say, I, and the thing is, is what what the the mom's talking about is like these kids that they have smart. The smartphone is the problem, right? Like, there's just a gateway to a whole world right. that you're in charge of walking them through, and like you have to be very careful on what you allow your kids to do. And you're going to come out as a fuddy duddy and an old man on a lot of this stuff, but like that's your job. That's the that's the crux. When you had kids, your job is to walk them into a world and like free range on on YouTube and 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 the internet browser. It's just a mistake. They're going to yeah. wind up in places that they didn't even intend to be. And, and, like, it's, it's you know, Dan it uses this phrase a lot. It's garbage in, garbage out. You take in a bunch of crap, you're going to put crap back out. And that's, it's just the truth. Anybody want to, anybody want a pro nine-year-old cell phone? No. Nope. I mean. Okay. Uh, Secular says, parents teach their children to be responsible by placing, by placing some responsibility on their shoulders. In the current landscape, it's a good idea for a child to have the ability to communicate with a parent in case of an emergency. You and your husband could give your son a flip phone so he can do that if necessary. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Okay. Last one. Ready? Dear life from the path. I had bariatric surgery, gastric sleeve, five months ago. I left my previous job because the way I was treated by my employer and coworkers changed drastically after my procedure. I'm starting a new job soon and do not want to tell my new employer or coworkers that I've had this operation. People always treat you differently once they know. I don't know anyone at the new job, and I prefer to keep this part of my life private. My boyfriend thinks I should tell at least HR in case any medical issues arise while at work. Because then they would be able to inform medical personnel. I don't think they need to know. What do you think? No. No. Yeah, no. That's stupid. I am HR. I don't need to know about your bariatric sleeve. Here's like, the thing. People are weird, right? Like, they just assume that HR is this faceless organization within their company. It's made up of people that work there, right? And, like, there's not, a, there's not like, a head medical guy that informs the ambulance driver what happened, right? They, they're not near that organized, and, and, frankly, nobody cares. Yeah, I've literally been working HR since I was 22, 23 years old, and never once have I really ever needed that information yeah. in any situation. Yeah. Like, people come into me, they're like, well, since you're HR, I need to tell you this. No, you don't. No. That, that has absolutely nothing to do with my job. And my employers are always like, well, you're HR, so you need to be involved in this. No. No. No, I don't. Are we getting hired, fired, or sued for it? Nah, we're good. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, I mean, this one's kind of straightforward, too. No, it's none of their business. Yeah. No. You got to tell your health insurance people. They know anyway. They know. They paid for it. <laughs> well, they, not when you switch jobs. They got a new health care provider. 
Uh, well, maybe, but like, um, if they ask, maybe, yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, no, right, but it doesn't mean you have a new healthcare provider. You both of them might offer uh, United Healthcare. Yeah, yeah, and it's not a pre-existing condition. Yeah, but they probably don't. That's right. It's just something that happened to you. You don't have to tell them every. Day. Well, it's not like right. you got hit by a vehicle. That's something that just happened to you. You decided to do it. Right, but it's not. A, it's not a like a, a, a persistent illness. Right. I had knee surgery. I don't tell my every new uh, insurance company I have. Hey, by the way, I had knee surgery when I was seventeen. Yeah, that's true. All right. No, 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 no rebuttal to this man either. No. Gay Secular says your medical history is your own business. After five months, you should have healed from your surgery. I'm not sure what kind of complication your boyfriend is worried about, but if you experience any, the time to report it to HR will be when they occur. Still not HR's business, really. No. Well, yeah, if you're on like a leave of absence because of it, then I, I legally can't know. All you need to tell me is, hey, my doctor said I'm not coming to work, and I go, great, thanks. Appreciate yeah. the doctor note. I don't think your boyfriend has much real world experience. He's no. the exact kind of guy that believes there's some kind of weird connection between <laughs> HR and the hospital in the area. I thought they have like a daily <laughs> conversation. <laughs> it's called HIPAA. I can't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's foolish. That's it, man. Yes, okay, so we got through that. Right on. Well, here's the deal. We, did, we are out of time. So uh, we're going to have to move these. Uh, we're going to double up on the theses for Mr. Loftus next week. Yeah, okay. On justice and all, the, all this business. Uh, all right. Well, I appreciate you hanging out with the show tonight. Uh, big, big thanks again for Jake for coming in, and uh, except thanks, for, his do- for having me. his dominating view on secular versus Solomon. Yeah, you totally rocked that, buddy. <laughs> he swept the floor. Um, uh, and again, if you have any thoughts on the show or uh, you want to, g- to get hooked up with Jake, uh, give us a, uh, a a call or text at five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. That's the live from the path uh, complaint line. Uh, your compliments are welcome, uh, but you know we, we do like it used for its explicit purpose, which is to complain about the show. Yeah. So you can go ahead and do that. Uh, In the meantime, uh, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path.